It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, Welcome Forest Focus. There's no game this weekend, so we're taking the chance to catch up with a former Nottingham Forest player. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by a man who broke through under Paul Hart before returning for a second spell as he looked to help the Reds make it back into the Premier League at long last. I'd like to be joined by former England defender Michael Dawson. Michael, good to have you with us. Are you well? I'm very well, Matt. How are you? Yes, good. Good. Not too bad at all. Thank you. Not too bad. I mentioned you coming through under Paul Hart there. Um, my second favourite team, until the team got promoted, because they instantly become everyone's favourite team of a, of a generation. When you look back now, we're going to talk about Forest in the Premier League. When you're playing for Forest, did you ever think it was going to happen? Did you wonder why it was taking so long? It, it felt a bit cursed for a while there. Yeah, I mean, I look back to my, my first thing, uh, starting there as a young uh, eight-year-old, going first first touching base with Nottingham Forest and then signing at the age of 14, leaving home at 16, managing to get into the first team pretty soon after that, at the age of 18, it was a dream come true. And in my first season under Paul, like you mentioned there, we, we got to the playoff. I mean, some of the football we were playing was magnificent with a mixture of youth and experience. We had some great senior pros and you look at Darren Ward, Matty Lewis-Jean, Jim Brennan, the characters, Ricky Skimmicker, David Johnson. Uh, and then there was an awful lot of young lads that had come through the academy, myself, Reedy, Prutz, JJ obviously being in that Marlon, the list goes on. It was it was an incredible journey to, to that stage, and unfortunately we missed out on 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 the, on the getting promoted, uh, and things just turned a little bit from from there, um, and, and then obviously a few years later I left. But I, going back to did, did I think it would take that long? They had a, an opportunity. Uh, I can't remember what year it was when Swansea uh, Swansea won in the semi final, and and that was the year you looked and go, will Forest ever get back to the Premier League? Yeah, because it's a, it's a real challenge. It's hard and they were out the Premier League for 23 years. But the genius that he is, Steve Cook, came through the door and uh, the rest history. And he, what a job he did. 
uh, quite a few people have been on from that era. Um, Prots, obviously, who you, you know well, uh, Marlon, and senior players like Jim Brennan and, and David Johnson. And they all have a take on Paul Hart, you know, a, a man to be respected, to say the least, but a, a good bloke as well. What What are your memories of, of, uh, of playing under Paul? Well, I owe an awful lot uh, of my career to, to Paul. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. He, he first set eyes on me probably the age of 11 or 12. Um, watched me for a few years and then thankfully signed me at 14. You know, he was, he was a hard taskmaster. He demanded every day. But that was no problem for me because he had standards and, and he was trying to drill them in. I mean, he, he was hard. Um, you know, at times he probably needed to meet in, in the middle. But... I owe him so much to the opportunity he gave me and then, then he gave me my first team debut as well. But it didn't matter whether you were 16 or 26, he would he would give you some stick if you weren't doing the job. But that's just how it, how it was. Uh, a really good guy. And as I say, unfortunately, we just came up short in um, in the year when we, Sheffield United beat us in, in the playoffs. And, and then it was sort of changed. People expected then at the start of that season, I think I played one game. And six games, you know, I get my opportunity. There was there was players that we were playing to our potential, our max potential. And then players left, Jimmy left, Ricky left. Uh, I think Matty might have gone to Norwich as well at the same time. So players went out the door. It just it just wasn't quite the same. And then Paul got the sack. And then it was an uphill battle for, for many years after that for us. Those standards that Paul instilled in you as a 16, 18-year-old stay with you until, you know, you're coming back to Forest and you're playing at Hull and Spurs and for England. Do they stick with you? Yeah, always. Uh, I mean, but that was my upbringing as well. My mum and dad were like that. Um, you know, Paul can't just change you straight away. It's your morals for it from a young kid, from growing up in Yorkshire. Respect everyone, be on time, all these kind, kind of things. Paul was hard. Paul was really hard. Um, but that was no problem for me. I always say it. I was, ne I was never the best player. But what I did with, with any shirt I wore, uh, I give 110%. And I think that's that's the advice I, I, I pass on to to the younger generation of players now. Look, there might be a player who's ahead of you at that time, but their attitude might not be right. This might not be right. You can change that. You can be the best. Just be the best of, you, of yourself. And if then that's not good enough, so be it. You've got no regrets. But I played with, with players that were far superior to me that never went on to have the career I had. So one that might have been opportunities, one it might have been attitude. You need to a little bit of luck along their way, uh, but but that's football. Um, just one more on that time. I, I, I've spoken to Paul at length about those Sheffield United games. He still has uh, no no love lost for Mark Clamberg. Obviously, <laughs> you were the player that got sent off and really harshly sent off. Uh, I think everyone would feel. Even now, does that still stick in your craw as one of those games that you you know look back on not very fondly? Yeah, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> Literally now, um, I'd, had, I'd had a season just to dream of. I really, really had. And I look back and it was I was young, I was naive. Uh, I went out there and played with no fear. And even you see where I got sent off, I took a bad touch into the middle of the park. Look, I still don't think it's a, a red card. If you see the challenge, yes, I was late. It was clumsy, but it wasn't a two-footy challenge. It wasn't a stud. It was a lunge, yes. But I caught it with the side of my foot. Um, and I'll never forget sitting in in that change room at the city ground with a towel over made in tears. That's how it how it, how it was. Knew my dreams of if we did get to Wembley, uh, it wasn't going to happen because I was going to be suspended. Yeah, it was devastating. And then obviously I was in in the, the away end at Sheffield United when it it just all went wrong. And 
your dreams after a full season, especially so young as well. Um, you're innocent and naive to to what it's going to be the next season. Just expect it to be the same, but it it was it was anything but. Looking back now to 14-year-old Michael Dawson coming through, you're sitting here now, you were saying to me before we started recording, you know, you've just done something for Sky Sports, you played loads in the Premier League, you you played for England and went to a World Cup, and I'm sure you were gutted you didn't play, but you had a mega successful career. Could you have envisioned that as a 14-year-old kid? No, never. Um, living up in Yorkshire, getting on a train on a Friday night, there was an awful lot of, of sacrifices, which I wouldn't change. Uh, but then, you know, as a, as a teenager, you, uh, you're not out with your friends. You're not doing things that 14, 15, 16-year-olds are normally normally doing. Um, but would I change it? No, never never in a million years. It's If you can make it and you can have a career out of it at whatever level, it will be the best job you ever do. Uh, and thankfully, I, I never class myself as, as doing a day's work. I, I still play in the garden with my boy. I still go and watch him train. Football's all I've, I've ever known. So, yeah, I've... I've been very fortunate and, and loved every minute of it and, and still loving it now in in, uh, in the media side. People say, do I miss football? Of course you miss it. But I got to a stage at 37 where I was old, I was slow, slower than I was when I was uh, early on in my career that people say, surely you can't be any slower. But that's just how it, how it was. And I, I, I was I was ready at that time at 37 to say, look, what's the next chapter in, in my life? And, and thankfully the media has, has come and got me in and I'm enjoying it. If we look at current Forest now, I want to ask you about a couple of players in particular with your, your centre-half pound to get your, your take on them. I think Murillo is such an interesting case because obviously you know he's from a totally different part of the world, but there's a few similarities. In, he's broken into a team uh, in Brazil and not played much. He's come to Nottingham. He's still lacking in experience. He's got that range of passing that you had. What do you make of him as a player making his way in the game at the very top level already? Well, he looks a lot more confident than what I was uh, at that age. And, and sometimes you get that when you break into a team. I look back and say, I, I always say now, and people say, he's stupid. For me, it was easy getting there. For staying there is the hard thing. Look how many players that have, have played for Nottingham Forest, played in the Premier League, and then all of a sudden you, you fall off the edge of a cliff and you never see him again. So it's, it's not easy getting there. That's probably a slight exaggeration, but it's staying there that is, is the hard thing. And I look at Murillo... Still only young, coming from Brazil, settled in unbelievably well. I think the way the game is suits him. You get probably a little bit more time, and certainly in the Premier League, I believe that. But that range of passing, I mean, some some of the passes, I think the one against Crystal Palace, he saw Morgan, and Morgan puts the ball, ball over the keeper onto the post. You need one of those goals to go in because then you get more publicity. People talk, talk about him then more in this range of passing. But he's got a lovely left foot, which is a position that we don't get an awful lot of. You get loads of right foot, but left centre halves are hard to come by. He's not as big as what I was, but he's strong, he's quick. Uh, he takes a ball. And as I say, teams like to play out from the back and he can certainly do that. And for him to settle in as quick as he, as he has, he's been credit to him. I watched the first game against Brentford, I think it was, he started. And he was a little bit shaky. His first two or three passes he gave away and I thought, oh, how are you going to react to this? But he reacted really, really well. And I think he's slotted in and he's been consistent unlike probably the right-hand side where it's, it's chopped and changed for uh, in personnel. So it's not been easy for him as well to get that relationship. Whereas I was lucky to have the legend that he, that he is, Des Walker, alongside me and helped me and guided me. Yeah, I mean, that's you've touched on something I wanted to ask about, this constant changing of Nia Kate, Willie Bolly, Joe Worrell now. Um, 
how hard is it for a young player? Like you say, you had Des Walker there alongside you for that consistency and wealth of knowledge. Is it a big challenge for someone like Murillo? Yeah, I, I think you, you form relationships. Um, obviously, I think with Harry Toffolo, a left back, whoever it might be playing there, but you also have like little triangles and, and you need it with your, your centre-half partnerships. You, you understand each other. Uh, and I think that's what Des knew with, with, with me and him. He would know when I shout, I'm coming or whether it's the right decision or wrong decision, he would then react off my my call. And it might be wrong. I'm going to somewhere that I probably shouldn't, but you react. And that takes time to build relationships. So I think he's done, he's done brilliant. You talked about um, Nia Carter. He's now away on, on international duty. And you've got w Willie Bolly as well. Uh, Worrell. I mean, they've chopped and changed that position all the time. So it, it, it's, it's been hard for Murillo. But he's done. He's been brilliant. He really, really has. And he'll only improve. I say that as a young, young centre-half. He, he will get better. He'll learn the hard way. And he'll be punished. But he will improve. How much of an influence was Des Walker on you? Just obviously on the pitch, but in the dressing room as well that first season. Well, I never got a, a word in edgeway sat next sat next to Des. Uh, absolute gem, great. Took me under his wing, helped me because he knew how hard Paul was. Paul would hammer me, um, and Des would be always the one who's next to me, guiding me, saying, "Look, don't worry about that." And you do make mistakes. But unfortunately, I was making mistakes when I was in the first team and you're getting punished. It's not like academy football where people aren't watching it and you're coming under scrutiny. So Des, Des, Des was great. Uh, and even when I left Forest, I had another legend in, in Ledley King. So I was very fortunate. Once Ledley retired, I was then in that position where I was chopping and changing with centre-halves. And it isn't easy. So I'm talking from experience for Murillo there. Could you believe how good... Um, well, Ledley, obviously, because he was like a Rolls-Royce footballer, but also Des, because he'd, I think he'd been like Burton Albion and kind of been effectively almost out of the game. He comes back in. Mm -hmm. Can you believe how good this guy is at 37 still? Well, that, that's what you've got to realise. I, I realised what it was like when I got older. Um, I went went back at 34 till 37 and, and I wasn't the same player. Uh, I was more experienced. I was more relaxed. Um it wasn't like I was trying to show everyone what I could do because I'd had my career. I was just trying to pass that experience on and trying to help us get back to the Premier League. But Des coming back his first year, I think he played pretty much every game. Um, and he was magnificent. That So you'll never beat Des Walker. It was pretty true. You know, Des wasn't one that would take the ball and play out from the back. That wasn't his game. His, pe his, his game was pace. I mean, he would, he'd have been perfect in this day and age as well. Now, you're, if you get the ball at centre-back, you have so many different options. And then you get told to you've got defending a 1v1 position, that would be no problem for Des. Absolutely magnificent and a, and a great guy as, as well. Um, I, just, I was going to ask you about Murillo, the runs and the passing. And do you need licence from a manager to do that as well? Because you did that for you know, those, the right-footed balls out mm -hmm. to the left winger or switching the play to Jim Brennan. You need a manager to say that's OK and encourage you, I guess, don't you? But that was something that Paul encouraged me to do. He knew I could yeah. do it. Um I did that in academy under 19s at Wilford Lane. I'd get the ball and say, right, get to the left wing. Oh, don't get me wrong, when I put him out of play, he used to shout at me. It wasn't like you just had a free shot and kick the ball out of play. He mm. was he was demanding and you had to find that pass. And we did sessions where it was drilled. And if you miss it, it would go mad because that isn't an easy pass. That's a World Cup pass. And when it comes off, it looks good. When it doesn't go so well, you come under scrutiny. And Paul was like that. But Murillo's got that freedom because you you're not going to get a player who can't do it trying to do that because then you give the ball away and you lose it and you say, we probably don't want you doing that. So, Murillo's got that. Nuno now knows he can do it and he gives him the freedom to. You can you can be such an, an important 
part of our team in getting us up the field, dribbling out. But if, if he does that, someone else has got a slot slot in. Because if you do lose it and your centre half steps out, you're in big trouble because that, that space has been vacated. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the moment, he's alongside Joe Worrell with players away at AFCON. Mm. He's had a tough old season, you know, obviously the death of his uncle. Um, he's been in and out of the team, mostly out. He was dropped after a mistake against Luton and didn't get the chance to kind of put it right. What can you say about Joe's season in terms of your experience? Because fans have been so critical of him. I kind of want to get a player's take on the stuff that we don't see. What, you know, what if you could put yourself in Joe's shoes, what would you say about him thus, thus far? Well, fans are critical. That That's mm. that, that you, they pay the money, they, they turn up, they, they demand, they expect. Uh, and why not? Um, you, because you set the bar high. We saw Joe uh, in, in the year when we got back to, to the Premier League. He was magnificent. But then it's the next level up. I've talked about the Premier League. That is, there's no hiding place. Uh, and I think you're starting to see the gulf now, how, how hard it is from Premier League to the Championship. Um, and obviously last year in the Premier League, he did well. This year, it's been hard for him, in and out the team. And it's not easy. Joe's naturally a fit boy. So it's, it's a, it was a lot easier for him than it was for me, who, who needed a four or five uh, running games to get up to f- scratch and go, I can run for 90 minutes. I'm fit, I'm physical. Joe has that all the time, but he's been through a lot, as you said, with, with his uncle. Uh, he's been out the team, all these kind of things. And then when you come in, it's not easy, not at this level, especially against Blackpool. You know, you turn up, Premier League team against a League One team, should roll them over. doesn't always work like that. So you're never going to win because if they win 3-0, that will be expected. When you draw and you go behind, then you become under, under scrutiny. But that's where your mental side and your... Uh, people around you have to help you and deal with that because I always say in football it's not always a physical aspect it's a mental side that drains you uh, and I've yeah. certainly noticed that since I've I've finished you know day in day out you, what you eat you train everything you focus into a Saturday to win and if you win you top of the world for Saturday night Sunday and then by Monday you're back to a level pegging and go we've got to perform again you've got to train day in day out with your standards and then go again and win so you don't have that time to enjoy it. It, it, it can be hard, especially when you're going through a period where you're not winning football matches. Uh, and that obviously happened for, for the Forest lads 
before the the recent run of uh, wins against Manchester United and Newcastle. What was your um, view on those kind of FA Cup ties when you're expected to win, like this Blackpool game? It's kind of like if you win, everyone's just like, oh, well done, you've done your job. If you don't win, it's an absolute disaster. So how do players approach them? Uh, well, you wanted a home tie. That's what you wanted and you wanted to get the job done. The last thing you want is a replay going to their ground. Um, and obviously we're going to see that, uh, is it next week? I think next it's Wednesday, yeah, yeah. next Wednesday. So it's going to be hard for them. The pitches won't be like the city ground and all these kind of things. It's it's an extra game where you, you might have had a little bit of time off. But if you don't get the job done, that happens. That's why the FA Cup, I mean, we didn't see too many upsets this weekend. Uh, and I think that's probably because of the you see the golf in, in where it is. Um, but yeah, it's Forest fans turned up expecting to win, blow them over. But for Blackpool, it's a cup final. You go into a Premier League team to the city ground, place was full, the atmosphere is incredible. We talk about it all the time. Whenever I go back and do a Sky game, I get goosebumps. It's special. The atmosphere is incredible, and that's what it's all about. But you've got to think as an away player that's not it being in the Premier League. You're an underdog. You go in there, you've got nothing to lose, but you've got everything to gain. And you go 2 0 up, and then you come back, and they'll be feeling and missed out, but they get another opportunity. Uh, is that the time when you do miss it? When you go back to the city ground, you hear that mm. atmosphere, or you go to the Tottenham Stadium and it, it's buzzing before an Arsenal game? It, you know, is that when you do miss those playing days? Yeah, it is. Uh, and I think probably the first time I was at the city ground for the first game against West Ham, and it was electric boiling hot day uh, and I'm normally in the studio so you, you don't get that you don't get that buzz or the vibe it's it's great and then I was there at the city ground when the day when Forrest stayed up beating Arsenal fantastic being an ex-Tottenham player beating Arsenal anyway and uh, Forrest staying up the atmosphere was great and just seeing the lads uh, not too many there still that, that I played with but still they're buzzing the fans it's a special place not has got a big part of of uh, been a big part of my, my life and my family's life for, for a long, long time. I, I remember when Steve Cooper got sacked, um, you were on Sky and you said you felt, I think you felt like been unlucky in the sense that because of what you refer to there, what he'd bought to the club, he'd earned the right to have every chance to, to kind of turn it around. Now Nuno's come in and he's hit the ground running. How do you feel about where Forrest are at right now then? What I will say is, Everyone who listens to me on, on, on Sky will know I love Steve Cooper and the job he's done. Uh, I mean, a lot of players, a lot of managers came through that door at the City Ground to try and get the club back to the Premier League. And he did that after 23 years. And he'll always be remembered. He will be remembered like the legend Brian Clough, in my opinion. I, I do believe that um, for, for, for where they were. I mean, they were fighting survival in the Championship. It was incredible. So, credit to him. But we look back and, and in football, we have short memories. I realise that. Um, what you did last season is gone. And, you know, I think it was one in one in 13 he'd, he'd won. So he's going to come under scrutiny. I get that. Um, and the ownership at Forest and not looking, don't want to be looking over the shoulder for relegation, the money they've put in. Some money's been spent well, some money's been wasted, in my opinion. That's just how it is. But you can't knock Mr Maranakis for having a go in saying we're going to try and be competitive. However, at times it's a gamble because if it goes wrong, you're in big trouble. Um, but he made the decision. He's the owner. Um, Forest fans will be forever grateful to Steve Cooper. I, I know that. I've got a lot of friends who are Forest fans. And when you listen to him, they were devastated to see him get sacked. 
but we know we're in we're in a, an industry where you have to win football matches. And I, and I said on on Sky, did I think the Forest would get relegated with Steve Cooper in charge? No, I didn't. Did do I with Nuno? No, I don't. Um, I, I, I never did. I think there's enough quality in that dressing room to to not get relegated, and I still believe that. And them two wins against Newcastle and, and Manchester United is incredible. But you've got to keep going as, as as a group, which I think Nuno is. Um, did I think he was a good appointment? I was a little bit uh, not sure. How was he going to come in? It was going to take time. But really, when you look what he did at Wolves, getting him promoted, he had the best team in the Championship because I was in the Championship at the time when he got promoted uh, with Hull City. But then to finish 7th and 7th, unbelievable job. Really, really good job. So, uh, it didn't go quite to plan at Spurs, but there was a lot going on there. So, he's had a great start and I think he needed that to to find that connection with with the Forest fans. And we all know when you win football matches, you all go home happy. Do you think, uh, you mentioned Spurs, you're close to the club and you work for them. Did that, uh, cloud, not cloud your judgment on him, but did it feature in your mind because it went wrong at Spurs? Because it did for a lot of Forest fans. They looked at that spell. I think, it, I think it's a different job there. Uh, mm. I think he was going into a job where maybe he, he wasn't first choice which can be hard. I've experienced that as a player. You know, you, you're in there because someone someone else they were wanted and those kind of things. It's always nice to be first choice and wanted. Um, and, and he beat Man City in his first game. It was incredible. There was a lot of negativity around, which which we know can happen with social media. Um, and, you know, Pete was still, when he got the job at Forest, not sure. Lost to Bournemouth, which I thought was, was unlucky because of the sending off changed everything. But then he goes and gets two unbelievable results. Fantastic. Um, and it, it, it was great for him because I said, when your manager's in there, you've just got to get behind him. And as I say, good luck to him. Hopefully, he uh, now takes them to the next level if he can. It's not going to be easy because I look and think you've got to be realistic as a football club where where you really see, see, see us being at. Yeah, I want to get your take on the bottom part of the table. Do just let me give a quick plug for our sponsors, if you don't mind. The Trend yeah. Navigation, they are showing Blackpool um, versus Forest next Wednesday because it is on TV. So you can watch it down there and you can go down and get your dinner there. A curry is just £8.50, uh, curry of choice. Let me ask you a hard-hitting question. Uh, what's your curry of choice, if you're allowed to eat them oh, now wow. as the next player? I can eat what I want now. I don't actually have yeah. curry. Or a Chinese fan, sorry. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the questions. Um, how are you seeing the bottom of the table then? Because, like you say, there's two wins for Forest. Brentford have lost five in a row and they meet next. Uh, yeah. Everton have lost three in a row. It feels like it's reshaping a little bit, but obviously the, the promoted teams are still generally struggling. How is it shaping up? Yeah, at the start of the season, um, and Burnley were my team that I thought might have a chance of, of staying up. I just thought the the job that Vincent Company did in the championship, they had momentum. Could they keep that going? Uh, it's been anything but for them. Uh, the team that that looked like it, they've got that spirit and way of playing. And fact, teams are finding hard going there. He's looting in Kenilworth Road. I don't think you can move away from from what they are. And I think Rob Edwards is doing a great job. I still think it's going to be a real challenge for the bottom three. I really, really do. I've said it from day one. Um, and I talk about the golf in the Premier League to the championship. The proofs in the pudding there with the, the teams that, that came up. But, you know, if why you've got a chance and you show that spirit and commitment, you've got it. He's brought Everton right back into it. The 10-point deduction. Uh, they went on a great run. You look, oh, they're going to be safe. And then, obviously, you say they lost the last three. So, it can soon change in the Premier League. 
because I've been there for, for many years. Even when you're a top four, top six team, when I was at Spurs, you look at every game and think, it's not an easy one until you then go and win it. Um, I mean, you, you, you look at Forest, Newcastle away, their home form. You look to will Forest get anything? It's going to be tough. We talked about the home form last year, magnificent. Manchester United, you don't know, what, you don't know what's going to turn up. Uh, it was a poor Manchester United and, and it was a massive win for, for the lads. So, yeah, I, I, I see Forrest being comfortable, safe uh, and the bottom three being in in trouble along with uh, Brentford, as you touched on. I, I, I think I look at Brentford and one that no one really talks about is Rico Henry. Yeah. Good being point. injured for a long, long time. Um, awful injury. Absolutely magnificent. I'm not too sure how he didn't get an England cap. And people sometimes are only appreciated when you're out the team, you're not there. But I think the way they played, they used to attack. And Rico Henry used to stay at the back and he'd run and defend on the pace. They've lost him. They lost him, Bumo. They lost Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony for me, is a top six centre forward in the Premier League, in my opinion. So you lose them kind of players, you're going to be in trouble. And when you get to a point where, as I say, the players have been playing to their max potential and you drop off it a little bit, you become under scrutiny, but I'm a huge fan of Thomas Frank, huge fan of, and fan of Brentford. Done it in a different way to, to what Nottingham Forest have done it. In pretty much stayed with a stable team that got promoted from the championship and done really, really well. Added slightly, which you have to, uh, but very, very good club. So, so Tony's first game back, I think he might be able to play against Wolves in the Cup. His first game back is against Forest, and I'm assuming he's not going to be sold before then, or maybe not be sold, whatever. As a centre half, you're playing this guy, you know he's going to be raring to go and looking to make a point, itching to get back uh, after so long playing 23s football and just training. How would you be approaching that game from a defender's point of view? Well, you're going to have to be at it because he's... I've watched Ivan Tony numerous times uh, and I think, as I said, I think he could play for a top four, top 16. Guaranteed, he carries the arrogance. He carries the structure where he pins centre-halves. When the ball gets wide... He gets in the box. He, sc he scores all kinds of goals. He scores goals from outside the box, inside the box, tap-ins, headers. I think he's an all-round centre-forward. Um, and, and that's why I think he can play for, for a top team because he carries that, he carries that confidence. Stand he, he's not one that chases all over, but when the ball goes into him, it sticks. And that, for me, is a, a centre-half. If I'm playing against a centre-forward, how can I win the ball back? He's strong. You know you're going to be in a, in a game against him. And he scores goals. The proof's in the pudding. We always say when, when a player gets promoted from the Championship, can you score goals in the Premier, Premier League? Well, he's done that. Mm. Is there no point leaving one on him early in the game because he's got that swagger and arrogance it'll just brush off him? I don't think you can do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I used to watch Forrest as a young eight, nine-year-old and PC used to do that. Mm. Uh, and uh, I work with PC now and again, come across him as one of my heroes growing up. But them days are gone now. It's, as a centre-half, you used to go, right, I can, I can give someone in the first 20, 30 seconds. First time it's going to go in, I'm going to go down the calf and he'll have a free hit. That's a yellow card now. Yeah. You run the risk. So you just can't, that, that's sort of gone. So it comes to, can you be a clever? Can you get in front of him? Can you try and nick the ball? But he's strong. So if you try and step in front and you, you get done, he's then away at goal and he can find a pass. So you've got to, you've got to be clever as, as, as much as anything against Ivan Tony, but I'm a big fan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, just for the final 10 minutes, so I want to get your take on a couple of transfer bits. I mean, obviously, Forrest got a lot of players away at AFCON and it makes it tricky in January. But when you look at the squad, are there any areas you think, oh, they could do with someone in there just to, to add a bit of quality? Well, I'm sure they'll be able to find one of the 40, 44, was it 42 players coming since, uh, <laughs> yeah, since that day at, at Wembley? Um, no, I mean, I look at the goalkeeping situation. Uh, Flacadimos coming in and then obviously the heavy defeat to Fulham. He, he got dropped. Turner's come in. He's been a little bit shaky at times. Um, but I think the, the squad's big enough. You've you've got to make sure in the January you're not just bringing, bringing any old faces in. You've got to improve the squad if you're going to do it. I, I, I say it in the summer anyway. You don't just go and buy a player just because they're free and they're good. They've got to fit into the way you're going to play with Nuno. And I think you see that now with he plays with the four attackers, front three, and then Chris Wood. I'm a huge fan of Awani. I mean, I think he, when you look at the stats when he hasn't played, it's not been good. But Chris Wood has stepped up in recent games and, and he has to. That, that's You get an opportunity, you take it, and, and he's doing that. But you've got to continue it. Uh, and, and I look to that uh, Brentford game. It's, it's a huge game. I'll be doing that on uh, Saturday night football. So I'm look, looking forward, forward to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to make sure it's it's the right right player for the right position, and you're not just bringing them in to make more numbers. Does the goalkeeper situation uh, have that knock-on effect for the centre halves, the fullbacks, the midfielders who want to knock it back in? Does it does it cascade a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. I, I mean, look, we've all gone through periods in our career where we're lacking confidence, and, and if we could store that, we would. Because when you're up there, football's easy. I can tell you that I've been there. But I've also been on the floor where I'm thinking I can't control it. I can't pass a five-yard pass, which should be easy. So we've all been there. He needs people to get round him. He needs a manager to to either say, right, you're my number one, or what we're going to do because it's it's it can be a hard place. Uh, and you've seen him when the, the goal went in for Manchester against Manchester United. But then he made a great save down to his left. So that'll have been positive for Matt Turner. And that's what you have to try and get in your mindset to... So look, stay positive, try and do everything with with confidence and, and make the right decisions. Mm. Um, quick side question while you were talking there. Did you never think of going into management then or coaching? You're obviously a really good talker. Was it not one for you? Uh, I've done my coaching badges. Uh, mm. I was I was very, uh, very lucky to have an opportunity. I did it with the uh, the FA. They were great. 
Uh, I, I did my B license when I was 30 at Spurs with John, John McDermott, who is now FA technical director. So doesn't get much better than him one on one. I did it with the the, uh, the Spurs Academy, so that was great. And then I left it for a few years until I came back to, to Forest. Um, and then I finished my A license as I, as I was coming to the end. So I mean, look, yeah, it was it was something I looked at, but I also realised how hard it is. Um, I've travelled the country for for twenty years, up and down, and uh, now settled up in Yorkshire with with a family. And you think I'm loving the media? I had a great opportunity to do to do Soccer Saturday. When that opportunity came, I took it, and I'm loving it. So uh, at this moment in time, coaching's on the back burner, should I say? One other quick one that I've asked a few people this and they've all said the same answer. Would you have seen a young Andy Reid be a respected coach and also a good media personality as well? I, I could see him working in the media because he always mm. spoke well, was very confident, uh, got his points across as a coach. Reedy was probably a coach's nightmare. Uh, yeah, that's what they say. Apart from, apart from the ability he had, I mean, he had some ability. His, his left foot was a, a wand ever, ever since he came over from Ireland. But it just shows you get to an age where you think what you're going to do after football. Uh, but then you need opportunities. You know, my, my best friend, he got sacked at Grimsby. You know, you wait for opportunities. Um, and when you got it, you've got to try and take it with both hands. It, it, I say that in any walk of life. Hmm. Mm, true. Uh, the only player I was going to ask you about, um, obviously Brennan made the move to Spurs last summer and there's some talk of Morgan Gibbs-White being of interest to them. They've obviously got James Madison who's doing really well in that role, but you see the, a little bit of a lack of depth if Madison gets injured. I mean, what would your advice be to a, a young player like Morgan who's done really well at Forest? Would they Would they benefit from another season or I guess when's the right time to make the move is what I'm asking. Well, Morgan Gibbs-White doesn't surprise me. I'm a huge fan of him. Huge fan. Um, and Steve Cooper uh, certainly made him the marquee signing when it when he came in from Wolves. Cost an awful lot of money. People questioned it. People looked at it. But I thought last year he was he was my player of the season. Uh, I thought he was magnificent. His work rate, he was up and down. And it's not all about the quality you have. You have to work. Uh, I was fortunate to play for England and saw some of the best. Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard. The way they trained and the way they worked was no coincidence that they were the best. Wayne Rooney. And, and to see more Gibbs-White playing in the way he is and you see he runs everywhere, he makes tackles, he covers the ground. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that people people are watching him. He's a fantastic player. But, you know, Forrest are one that it must keep hold of. Mm. Um, what was it like for you making that move to Spurs, thinking about it? You know, you, you, you like you say, you're travelling on that bus on a Friday night. It's a, is it a big culture shock going to London and going to that big Premier League environment? Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was 21. Uh, I played just under 100 games for Forest at, at that time. Um, you know, and we were in the Championship and, and it didn't look like we were going to get back to the Premier League anytime soon. You know, everyone's got a price. Uh, Forrest accepted the bid for, for me and Reedy and, you know, uh, if I'd stayed at Forrest all my career, would I have ever played for England? Would I have played in the Premier League? We haven't got the crystal ball, have we? Um, mm. I know when that opportunity comes, it's it's hard to say no. You go into a, I mean, I went to an unbelievable club. I was playing in the Champions League. That I, I captained Spurs in that uh, San Siro game where we knocked AC Milan, Milan out to get into the quarterfinal and then go and play Real Madrid. Those things wouldn't have happened. So, you know, when you get the opportunity, you've got a decision to make as much as, look, I was a Forest fan growing up. But for me, for my career, I had to move to to then go to the next level. And thankfully, it, it worked out for me. 
Um, did it help having Reedy with you? Yeah, I mean, look, it was hard for me because Reedy went straight into the team. Yeah. You know, I, I went, I, I left uh, and went with a, a stress fracture in my, in my shin. So that for me was hard. Um, you know, I had to wait. I think I signed, we signed last day of January. And I always say, you've got to be fortunate. There was four centre-halves as I was getting fit. I went to Anfield. I remember Martin Yule saying, are you ready to play tomorrow? I said, no, no. <laughs> I said, we'll soon see. And he went, will you play tomorrow? We we drew 2-2. Two -two. I got man of the match. And I think even probably Martin Yule was surprised that this kid could actually play. So when you get the opportunity, I always say, you've got to try and take it. Take it with both hands. I played six games that, that season. Then the next season, I was I was a, a first team regular and playing every week. So it wasn't easy when I first first went. Forest was the only club I'd known, been there since the age of eight or nine. And then all of a sudden, you're moving, you're moving a long way from from home, and all these kind of things. It's not easy to settle. You're going to the Premier League. How are the players going to take to you? But that all worked fantastically for me, and I have no regrets. I, I don't think I can with with the career I went on to have. Did you play out of Did you play in the game against um was it Inter Milan when Bale scored the hat trick then? Yeah, no, I never played in that. I was injured. Um, oh. yeah, I missed I missed quite a few of the group stages that year uh, and came back for for the knockout ones and it was I mean it was just uh, an eye opener with first time that would I'd ever been in the Champions Champions League. We played young boys nearly missed out on qualifying for the group stage. We had a tough group, but no one gave us a, a chance of getting out of it. It was incredible. But we did, and, and that put Bale on the worldwide stage that night when 4-0 down at half-time, and then he comes back and gets a hat-trick in the second second half. Gareth Bale come back a different player and then beat them at White Hart Lane. Then Real Madrid come and took Gareth Bale. It was just it just changes your life and changes the opportunities when you're, you're playing at that level of, of competition. Was he the best player you played with? Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate, Matt, to play with some world-class players. Uh, I really, really was. And you can look from Ledley King to Hugo Lloris in goal, uh, to Modric, mm. Huddleston, to, to to Lennon, players that you look up the field, JJ, Berbatov, Defoe, Crouch, Robbie Keane. But for me, Gareth Bale was the best because, because he could win a football match like he was playing in the park on a Sunday morning. That was, mm. a, that was a difference for me. You were defending and he'd get you up the field. Um, and, and at one point, he was arguably the best player in the world, in my opinion. He was he was up there with Ronaldo and Messi. Didn't have the longevity of those two, but he was certainly up there. Incredible player. But like I said, I was fortunate to play Van der Vaart. I didn't even touch on Kyle Walker, Danny Rose, players that have gone on to have incredible careers. And, and I was fortunate to play with them. I spoke to a couple of athletes through the years who've spoken about imposter syndrome. And when you're reeling off like Modric is like unbelievable and Bale. I mean, out of curiosity, is there ever a point where you're in training thinking, oh my God, what am I doing here? Um, no, it, probably when I first went, it was it was such a big step up because as I said, all I've been, I'd only been at Forest from a young age and you break your way into the first team and that's your dream. You walk out the city ground um, and then all of a sudden you walk into a dressing room where you you're watching the TV all the time and these Premier League players are there, they're world-class, everyone known. Um, but then you become one of them and they're your mates and you, it's just, just the way it is. But at the start, I found it a little bit like that. And then when I went away with England, it, I was I was like it again as a as a 22, 23-year-old. I found that a little bit strange as well because you're walking into that environment again. Uh, and I think probably the only person who was like that was probably David Beckham that uh, I had it. I was like, wow, this guy's just 
different level. But everyone, everyone's great. Everyone you come across are all there doing the same job, trying to win a football match. Yeah, I just find it interesting, the psychology of it. Um, yeah, and what it takes. I mean, last question then. Um, how much of it, I've asked a few people this, how much of it is mental and how much of it is pure ability to get you to where you got to, would you say? Um, I think it's a lot of both. Um, you're not going to get to the top level if you're not a good player. Yeah. Uh, but also to stay at the top level, you have to have a mental determination, the knockbacks, the rejection, dipping form, the scrutiny that you come under. Um, and now I do the media, I see that, I see players and think, how have you gone from this? But if I knew now, I knew probably when I was 26, when I went through the worst period in, in my career, uh, under one day, Ramos, it was so hard. But I didn't know what I knew now. But I knew it when I got older and wiser to that, I pass on to just try and block that out. And there's only yourself can get out of it. That's the only problem. Uh, and we're playing a team sport. And if you're a defender, you hope you set the forward, score goals and you win a football match and it can change in a blink of an eye. But you have to be, I just say, do everything right. No regrets. Um, and have no blame factor. Don't blame someone else. You're in mm. charge of your own destiny, in my opinion. But no regrets. Very interesting. Very interesting. Right. Uh, we shall leave it there. If you've enjoyed this, do like and subscribe as ever. Give us a good review. Uh, it all really helps out. And we shall be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll do a bit of a live Q&A with a couple of the regulars. Take your questions. Uh, and then we'll be back fully on Monday, I think, with Lewis. And we'll find out about all the FFP stuff uh, then. So do join us for that. Uh, Michael, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your time and hope you enjoyed that. No problem, Matt. You're more than welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good day, everyone, and we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.